Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot says carjackings are a top concern that must be addressed holistically to keep adolescents out of the criminal justice system long term. We've got to intervene with these kids. There's no question, Lightfoot says. But we've got to bring the message to the young people and let them know that if they decide to go into this direction to rob someone at gunpoint, that we have to and will hold them accountable. But many are questioning whether this type of rhetoric is the right cure to what many are calling an epidemic. I sat down with WBEZ race, class, and communities reporter Natalie Moore to discuss what many are considering alternative solutions to this plague of juvenile carjackings. There's a clear tension between urgent solutions and thoughtful practices when determining carjacking's cure, Moore explains. People want something to be done um, right away to protect themselves and to, you know, have accountability for those who, who did the crime. But we also know historically, not that long ago, that when you do public policy or you do drastic measures, it can have unintended consequences and fallout. And if we're talking about adolescents who are doing these crimes, you know, should the focus be on rehabilitation to correct their behavior rather than just putting in prison? There are layers to be addressed, according to Moore. The impacts of the pandemic needs to be taken into account. There's a lot of people who haven't had anything to do during the pandemic. And in particular, many adolescents are unable to attend school. But for some people, however, assessing carjacking's complexities and acknowledging its inextricable links to the pandemic may seem too long-term of a route in eradicating the issue. You know, there are people who are saying, you know, I I don't want to defund the police. Like, I I want protection. But what does protection mean? What does it look like in communities that haven't always, that that have been over-policed but still have uh, high crime. So it's, it's, there's, there's not a simple answer to this. Um, but we have to, society has to be really thoughtful in moving forward. But how exactly is the idea of thoughtfulness being explored in the city of Chicago? Many have discussed the practice of restorative justice in which more cites as both a legitimate and positive option. Restorative justice is a wholly different, untraditional brand of justice. It's an effort where crime victims and nonviolent perpetrators work out agreements that focus on restitution and community service, writes Moore in her WBEZ article from February 19th. Both the victim of the crime and the person charged must agree to participate in the process and to be eligible for the city's first restorative justice community court in North Lawndale, The perpetrator must be between 18 and 26 years old, have been charged with a nonviolent felony or misdemeanor, have a nonviolent criminal history, and they must accept responsibility for the harm caused. And recently, neighborhoods Avondale and Inglewood recently started their own restorative justice community courts. As of November 2020, of the 129 people assigned to the court in North Lawndale, 63 have graduated and had their offenses expunged. And so far, none of those 63 individuals have committed another crime, says Cook County Circuit Judge Patricia Spratt. 
So, giving second chances, especially to those in Chicago's neglected neighborhoods, can fuel community revival and ultimately public safety. But slow chains change in messages of calm and caution, again, are hard to get across when people are fearful, according to Moore. But many are pushing for history to just not repeat itself. Many are frightened and want carjackings to stop by any means necessary, Moore says. But it is important to note that this uptick in carjackings takes place at a time where many are protesting to defund the police, and conversations around the topic of mass incarceration are prevalent. 20 years ago, no one was talking using language like mass incarceration. Um, and there wasn't the kind of critique, more mainstream of prisons. I'm not saying it, what I mean, there was academic literature that's there, there are activists who were doing that, but the conversation is much different um, now. And it's not just confined to the scholars, the researchers, or the activists. Many people, both young and old, now cite the 1994 crime bill as a policy that lacked thoughtfulness and only created more societal issues. Well, there's a lot of critique now of the 1994 crime bill. And when that bill passed, you know, it was bipartisan. There were, you know, blacks and white. I mean, it was, it wasn't seen as controversial because the crime levels were so bad. We were coming out of the crack era and a lot of people thought that that was the right thing to do and now we see those that harm you know the three strikes um you know locking people up and not uh thinking about restorative or rehabilitative practices how how so much money was going to police departments instead of you know social services or enrichment programs um, and that critique, you know, is still haunt. It's, it's still there. More legislation that criminalizes children and wayward youth will only make matters worse, says Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson in his 2018 Crane Chicago Business article, written when the city saw an uptick in carjackings three years ago. He also views poverty as the single greatest threat to the safety and well-being of our communities. Only by funding job creation in robust public services like childcare, public education, mental health clinics, and healthcare will we disrupt the endemic poverty that leads to carjackings in the first place, Johnson says. So, simply put, locking people up doesn't necessarily make communities and cities safer. If that was the case, Chicago would not be experiencing the horrors of carjackings like it is today. Reporting for Medill News 847, this is Sierra Turner.